welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. I want you guys to, to know that you're a part of this. You, we're all family. We're all family. If you say, what is God doing in the earth? What is God doing in the earth? What he's always been doing in the earth, having a family, having a family. The church is a family. And we're not a family that is exclusive. We're a family that is ever growing and ever expanding. And we're a family that wants everybody a part of the family. We want to adopt all the orphans. We want to adopt all the people that don't have a family. We want to adopt everybody that's ever been in pain. You know, compassion and empathy and love is only recognized and it's only mature when it's in the face of hate. You see, we live in a world of hate. There is a lot of hate in this world and we don't hate back. We love back. There's a lot of bad in this world, but we don't bad back. We good back. You know, we love back. We get, the Bible says overcome evil with good. The way we overcome evil is with good. The way we overcome hate is with love. We are caught up in the 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 the, the worldly battles. The Bible says that's not our fight. Now, come down from your from your seat in heavenly places and and cast your vote every four years or every election or whatever and do what you believe is the is in the best interest of the people that you care about and the people that you love. But don't shame someone who believes otherwise, because that is not the battle that we're fighting. We're in a spiritual battle and we're fighting for souls. The the devil is called the God of this world and he has blinded the minds of the unbelieving in Second Corinthians, chapter four, verse four. That's exactly what he says. The God of this world is blinding the minds of the unbelieving so that they, they would not see the glory, the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. He is the God of this world. Satan is the God of this world, not the God of the earth. He's the God of this world. That word world means system. He is the God of this world's system. The world's the world system is hate. The world system is superiority over inferiority. The world system is to take The world system is to lie, to steal, to cheat. The world system is to put me first. God's system is not like that. God's system is the opposite. The devil is the God of this world's system, but he is not the God of this world. Jesus is God of this world. The Father, Son and Holy Spirit is the God of this world. And every world that came before it and every world that will come after it. Our God is the God of the world. Satan is the God of the world system and the world system is broken 
and the world system has failed and the world system is shame and the world system tries to blame and shame and victimize everybody and the world system tries to get you disempowered. What Satan comes to do is oppress. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, I want you to see this in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says that, you know, of Jesus of Nazareth, how he was anointed by God and by the Holy Spirit and was with power. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That that Jesus came, of course, to save the world. Of course, he came to save us. He came to die for our sins. He came to be the substitutionary sacrifice for all of us. But he also came to destroy the works of the devil. And here we have a picture of what the works of the devil really are. It's now we know the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, but people do that, too. The point is, is that here he identifies Jesus identifies exactly what he is doing against Satan's power and revealing to us what Satan does by doing the opposite. Jesus is revealing to us how Satan operates by doing the opposite of what Satan does. What does Satan do? He does the opposite of what Jesus came to do. Jesus was anointed with the spirit of God, with the Holy Spirit and power to do two things here in this verse that are that are listed to do good and to heal all who are oppressed by the devil. Special announcement, everybody, there is a devil. And what he does, and this is how you recognize the works of the devil, is the devil does bad and the devil oppresses. So Jesus came to do good and heal all that are oppressed by the devil. He comes to heal. He comes to do good and heal all. So when you see bad being done, devil. (laughs) When you see good being done, God, Jesus. It's not hard. It's not complicated. When you see oppression, what is oppression? The word oppression means to come down upon someone and remove from them the power to control their own life. Oppression is to remove from someone the power to control their own life. So if, for example, in world governments such as the Roman Empire, when Caesar controlled the world, everybody was being oppressed by the devil through Caesar, because what the Caesar would do is he would take away the rights of the people and grant them whatever rights he believed would should be given. He and everybody's power was determined by how much power the ruler of of that age gave to the people. And we have to realize something that oppression is happening all over the world. Oppression is happening through governments. Oppression is happening through parenting that when people don't parent their children properly, oppression is happening in religion. Oppression is happening in churches where um, where people in power 
make others dependent upon them or try to control somebody by saying, you know, well, God told me you need to do such and such. If God if God wants to get a hold of me, he has my number. Like everybody else seems to text me nowadays. I've had the same phone number since 1993. I've had the same phone number since 1993. I, I, I don't I don't care if you have it like you probably have to pass it out. I don't care. But if everybody knows my number and I'm just me, I think God knows how to get a hold of me. We have to realize what what we've come to do, what life changers is here to do, what this church is all about is it's all about helping you discover your power, helping you discover your power, not giving you power. If I lay hands on you, what's happening is the power of God that is in you is being activated by the power of God in me. It's not like I'm the powerful one and you're not. The Bible says these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons in my name. They'll speak with new tongues in my name. They'll pick up serpents and it won't they won't harm them. Put away serpents in my name. They will drink. They could drink any deadly poison and it will not harm them. And in my name, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He says believers will lay hands. This these signs will follow those who believe those who what believe. believe. Let's go back to verse uh, 16, where it says that or 17. It says, watch this. These signs, Mark 16, verse 17, these signs shall accompany those who have believed. Now, if I got in your car today after church, I would be accompanying you wherever you're going. Right. Don't worry, I'm not coming. But (laughs) if I was in your car with you, I'd be accompanying you. You're going and I'd be accompanying you with this. This is the same thing. Wherever we go, these signs are getting in the car with us and they're going with us. And these signs will accompany those who what? Those who have believed because back up for a moment to John, chapter one, verse 12, where the Bible says, I love this verse, John, chapter one. One verse 12 to as many as received him. Have you received him? Raise your hand if you've received Jesus. Come on, shout amen if you've received Jesus. What did you do to receive him? You just received him. I accept. Hey, I want to make you the offer that is too good to be true, but it is true. I'm giving you my son and with my son, I'm giving you everything pertaining to life and godliness. And I not withholding my own son, so I'm not going to withhold anything else that you need and ask anything that you need anytime. By the way, come to my throne of grace anytime to receive mercy and grace in your time of need. Ask anything in my son's name and it'll be 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 done for you. Do you accept? I'm like, I'm taking that deal because you know what? What if that deal comes off the table. I want to get it while it's still going. You know, there's certain sales. You know, you get these texts from different companies that you're signed up, you know, that you bought something with and they got all your information now. They know where you live. They know you know, what you eat. They know, you know, what time you go to bed. They know everything about you. So you know, isn't that great? But we get these reminders all the time. Hey, the sale is only this 20 percent off is only till 
It's only till it's only till it's only till. Thank God. God's not an only till God. That his offer is good the rest of your life. And it's up to you, though, to accept it. Now, there will come a point when Jesus returns, which is different than the catching away of the church, which is the rapture. The first Thessalonians, first Thessalonians, chapter four talks about in first Corinthians, chapter 15 talks about then there's the second coming of the Lord, which is different than the catching away of the church. The second coming of the Lord is when he comes and establishes his reign on earth for a thousand years. And we're coming with him. We will already have been caught up with him. So how could we be coming with him if we're already here? Because we won't be here. We will be caught up with him in the air, the Bible says in First Thessalonians, chapter four. And then at the right time, which I believe is going to be halfway through the tribulation of seven years, that Jesus will come back to this earth with us and we will rule and reign with him for a thousand years in this earth. And then he will at the end of that thousand years, he will um, wreak judgment upon Satan um, and cast him forever into the lake of fire and all that sided with and all that sided with him. You know, God is so good. You know how does anybody know how I'm no, I'm losing my train of thought a little bit because but I'm following what I think is really good. So I don't know, man, (laughs) just put it out there. But you know how when back in the year 2000, like following as NFL fan, a fan of football, you know, I really liked, you know, the St. Louis Rams when they won the Super Bowl back in the day. And and um, when Kurt Warner, if you remember him, was uh, their quarterback and 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 then he had to play against the New England Patriots. And I hated the Patriots because I always loved the Oakland Raiders. Just a little history about me. I always loved the Oakland Raiders back when they were in Oakland. Now they're in Las Vegas. But then there was this game that Tom Brady through, you know, he fumbled the ball, but they said his hand was going forward. It's called the tuck rule. He got away with um, a play that he should have been. It should have been Oakland's ball and they wouldn't won the playoff game. And then New England would have never won six Super Bowls. Um, right. But by the but right about the fourth or fifth Super Bowl they were in. Uh, no, it was more like the sixth that they were that they were in. I actually started liking Tom Brady. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather have him on my team than to not have him on my. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then, of course, he goes to Tampa Bay last year and wins the Super Bowl with them for his, I think, seventh Super Bowl. Right. You really, really, really want a guy like that on your team, because if he's if he's on the team against you, you're in trouble. My point is, you really, 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 really want God for you. Because if he were ever to be against me, that would be the worst life imaginable. Thankfully, we have the promise. God, if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? And we have to realize there will come a day 
where God has to be the judge again, because there are those that will have rejected Jesus and the judgment that comes to them for rejecting Jesus is life without God forever, because Jesus is not because God said you have to obey Jesus. It's because he's the only bridge that can get us to God through his blood. Right. So to as many as received him, to as many as received him back to John, chapter one, verse 12, he gave them the right to become the sons and daughters of God to as many as received him to them. He gave the right. God wants everybody saved. But to as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God. And if it's unclear to you, he says, even to those who believe in his name, I believe there are so many more people saved than what we actually realize, because God made it so easy by paying the entire price for us that all that's left for us to do is to receive as to as many received him to them. He gave the right, the privilege, the power to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Listen, just believing in his name will get you to heaven. I believe in the name of Jesus. What that name means, what that name represents is it's evolving for me. It represents my salvation. It represents my healing. It represents my the, the power to answer prayer. But it, that name is getting larger and larger in my mind, not smaller and smaller in my mind. But you have to get a hold of this, that this is not God has done. God has taken the guesswork out of us walking in our authority. He's taken the guesswork out of us living our God given blood bought privileges and our covenant rights as sons and daughters of God. He's taken all the doubt out of it. He's taken all the question out of it. He's taken all the worry and anxiety out of it. He says as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And that's why it says in in Mark, chapter 16, verse 17, these signs will accompany those who believe those who have believed, believed what in my name, what name, the name above all names that we sang about the beautiful name, the wonderful name, the powerful name. What a powerful name, what a beautiful name, what a wonderful name, right? That's the name of Jesus. And in that name, we will cast out demons in that name. We will speak with new tongues in that name. We will put away. So literally translated, it means picking up serpents and putting them out of the way, removing them from your from from being in front of you and having and, and trying to get in between you and where you're going. We pick up serpents. And if we drink any deadly poison, it's not going to hurt us. It doesn't mean you go around and just find the strongest poison that can kill a man and drink it. That's now we don't put the Lord to the test either like that. But the point is, is that we can the these signs don't follow those who do everything right. These signs follow those who believe these signs follow those who believe doing right is better than doing wrong. Come on. Can I get an amen on that? But those but doing right is not the condition upon which you have power and authority. 
the condition upon which you have power and authority is to be a believer and to believe in his name. And this is what gives you the power. It says that you drink into deadly poison. It won't hurt you. And you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now you've got sick relatives. Go lay hands on them. you got sick friends. Go lay hands on them. Listen, I would I would love to pray for everybody, lay hands on everybody that's sick. But I'm I'm just one person. We are the body of Christ. And I am telling you that we are not here because for, for me to determine how much power you have, I'm here to announce to you how much power you have. I'm here to announce to you. Behold, you've been given power. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10, 19, it says Jesus said, behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and trample over scorpions. He said, I give you authority to tread on them. I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And by the way, in case you're wondering, what about if it's not a serpent or a scorpion? Because those are pretty like random. You know, you have authority over serpents and scorpions. If anybody's been ever been bit by a scorpion, you know how bad they are. Serpents and scorpions. Just in case that's not enough and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Now, we have to make up our minds as people today. Are we going to take God at his word? Are we going to believe the lies that try to infiltrate our mind and somehow try to minimize promises like this that Jesus made to us? He said, behold, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth in Matthew, chapter 28. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. He said, all the authority has been given to me and I give it to you. He said, behold, I hold the keys of hell and death. You see, I believe that the great work, the greatest work of the devil is to get you to believe that you are powerless. It's to get you to doubt your power, to question your power, to to establish what you think disqualifies you from your power. You see, you make up things. Oh, I'm disqualified because I I'm I'm having I'm having a difficult time with alcohol or I'm disqualified because I watched some pornography. I'm disqualified because I, you know, had this happen in my life or I did this. That's your that's your rule. That's not God's rule. You made that up. God didn't say that. God doesn't say you're disqualified because you messed up. God doesn't give you power and then say, you know what, you haven't been using it very well. I'm taking it back. No, he actually lets you use it even when you're messing up. Because Romans chapter 11, verse 29 says something very important that. I want to encourage you to build your life upon for the gifts. And the calling of God. Are irrevocable. They're irrevocable. Show us that in another few translations. Just see what that word irrevocable is translated as team. What else do we have? The gifts and callings of God are the King James says they're without repentance. 
meaning God doesn't give you a gift and then repent and say, oh, you know what? I repent. I'm taking your gift back. That's what repentance means here for the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. What does the message Bible say on that verse? Let's see for the gifts and callings of God. It's going to say something similar to that. Amplified Bible is going to say something similar to that. But the point is, look at what he says. God's overall purpose. They remain God's oldest friends. God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty, never canceled, never rescinded. There you that's it. Case you were wondering what irrevocable means. There it is, baby. It means God's gifts and God's calling are under full warranty. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I have something that's under full warranty, I use it. If it's under full warranty and, I, and it breaks, I'm excited about getting it fixed because I know it isn't going to cost me a penny. The guy said to me the other day, like a month or two ago, he's like, your car is, you know, has needs this, this, this and this. But you know what? It's still under warranty. I'm like, well, go ahead and do everything it needs then. <laughs> this is your power. You have this power. You have this power and God's not taking it back. Now, you might hurt yourself with that power if you don't use it in the right way. And, and so you got to be careful handling weapons like this, just like you have to be careful if you ever had a, a, a gun or had any sort of um, a, any sort of uh, of of equip, piece of equipment like that, that you have to know how to use it. You have to know how to use it and you have to be trained to use those kinds of things. And that's all we're doing here is training for raining. All we're doing here is just trying to teach you how to walk in your authority, teach you how to walk in your power, because oppression is from the devil and oppression takes power from people. And so anything you see in this world that takes power from people is the is from the devil. It may be done by people, but it's from the devil. And people have bought into the lie that they know better for you. So they therefore you should give them your power and you can't give anybody your power because you Jesus said, let no man take your crown, let no man take it. He said, don't let anybody take your crown. Don't let anybody take your authority from you. A crown represents victory. A crown represents authority. A crown represents kingdom. A crown represents power. And and Jesus said in Revelation chapter three, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have. Don't let anybody take your crown. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't let anyone mislead you into thinking that you don't have this kind of power. You've been crowned. You're a king and a priest. You have authority. You're the head and not the tail above and not beneath. You have been given the same power as the son of the living God. He is sharing his power with us. He has bestowed it upon us. He's bequeathed it to us. He has put us in his will. He has left everything he has in his will for us, his children. And who are his children to as many as received him to them? He gave them the rights to become the children of God. Come on, stand up to your feet right now. We got to walk in our authority. Come on. I know you can't hardly hear me now. My God, my God, it's time to walk in our God given authority. This is these are your rights. They're not given to you because they're not given to you because you somehow have earned them. These are your God given blood bought rights. You have the right to put away serpents. You have the right to poison to hit you and it runs from you rather than you running from it. You have the right. You have the right 
to get up when you've fallen. And we as sons and daughters of God, how do we get up? We get up quickly. You just got to get up quickly. You have the right to lay hands on the sick. You have the right to believe God's promises. You have the right to go to the throne of God's grace to a high priest that is tender and compassionate and loving. Jesus even said. What father among you, if his child asked for a fish, he would give him a snake instead. Or if he asked for an egg, he would give him a serpent instead. He said no father would do that. No earthly father. And he says, you earthly fathers being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who's in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Good things, God, bad things, devil, good things, bad things, taking away your power, the devil giving you power, God. And when he gives it, you know, we got this wrong thinking in our head. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. You say, no, that's in the Bible. It is in the Bible. But in the context of Jesus death on the cross, the Lord gives righteousness and takes away sin. He gives salvation and takes away damnation. He gives healing and taketh away sickness. He gives blessing and taketh away the curse. That's now you can go back and sing that song the right way. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Amen. So I'm just here to equip you. We're training for raining. We need each other more than ever, not because we're codependent, but because we're more powerful together, we're better together. And we are the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. You know, I always used to worry for many years about what if the church fails? What if I fail? What if the, something happened? What if or what if the people leave? What if the like the magic is gone? You know, what if you know, anointing and the power of God doesn't work in my life anymore. Lord, what I would think that I used to think that way. And now I just two things. I just know that God will never leave me. And I know that our church will always be a, a safe place, a place that equips you and place that makes you ready to walk in all that he has for you. But I also know that it doesn't matter to me. My success is not based upon my my occupation or profession. My success is based on the reality that I'm convinced of more now than I ever have been that the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph and he became a prosperous man. Amen. I believe the Lord is with me in me and for me. And I believe he's with you in you and for you. And so for that, we don't ever have to be afraid. We don't ever have to worry. 
It's funny, the first thing God spoke to me during the pandemic, besides we're going to the other side, as he said, and what I'm worried about people losing their jobs, I'm worried about the people that I employ at the church. And we have, I don't know, 60 something employees or more and some hundreds and hundreds of volunteers. And, um, and I was like, wow, Lord, this pandemic, what, I don't know what what's going to happen. What do we do? And I remember hearing God and I laugh about it, joke about it. But he said, believe me for increase. You can decrease all by yourself. But he said, but with me, you're going to increase. And I believe that's a promise for every one of us Amen. that we're going to believe him for increase. So we can do a good job of decreasing all by ourselves. But with him, we're going to increase. And you know what? The whole pandemic, we never had to lay anybody off. We never had to beg for money. We know you guys were faithful to give many of our church members just giving and giving and giving. I can't thank you enough, but I want you to know that miracles happen when you give. Amen. Miracles happen when you believe. Miracles happen when you trust. So let's just lift our hands to Jesus and just say, Father, I thank you, Father, I thank you. that you've given me authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means injure me. I, I receive your power. I receive your gifts. I receive your callings. You've given them freely. I freely receive them. And they are without repentance. They're irrevocable. They're under full warranty never to be rescinded, never to be taken back. And so I will walk in that authority with gratitude and humility. I will walk in your power, the authority you've given me and my rights as a son or daughter of God in Jesus name. Amen. Come on, let's thank him now. If you've never If you've never been born again, it's so easy to just receive him and you're born again. Pray this. Everybody pray this out loud. You guys watch and pray this, too. If you'd like to be saved, be born again. Just say, Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus Christ into my life as the son of God, my savior. He died for my sins and rose from the dead so that I could rise with him and be born again. And I receive the power to be your child in Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, that's as simple as it gets. And just get this book, a copy of the power of a new life. This is the next step in your walk with God, your journey with the Lord. I can't thank you enough for being here today, everybody. For those of you that prayed to receive Jesus, congratulations. You can download this book for free anywhere in the world. Make sure to do it. You can get it on your way out here as well. If you want prayer for anything else, come on up here. If you want to be used by God, Mention it to one of our team members and we'll get you on the rotation of being used by God in this church because you have power. Say it. I got power. Say I got the power. I have authority in this life in Jesus name. Amen.
You're dismissed. I love you guys. Thanks for being here. You're the best. Life changers.